Hi everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to Verbally Processing. My name's Nate. And this is Maria. And we've uh, just gotten back from Toronto. We spent the day at the uh, Art Gallery of Ontario, otherwise known as the AGO, as they had their Pablo Picasso Blue Era show going on. And it was very interesting. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. We uh, we accidentally did the whole thing backwards. <laughs> so there's like an entrance and it will take you through chronologically. And somehow we just, I don't even know how, but we just ended up at the end and we made our way to the front. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because we started off seeing um, Matthew Wong. Mm-hmm. They had a, an exhibit of Matthew Wong, who was a Canadian painter, who was Canadian Chinese descent, I believe. I think he was from Hong Kong. Hong Kong. And then uh, he, uh, very good. Uh, also a lot of blue paintings. Yeah. Um, a different style for sure. It was like Picasso if Picasso was Canadian. Yeah. 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 That's a good way of putting it actually. Yeah. Because a lot of the depictions in Wong's were um, snowy, mm-hmm. um, dark forest. Yeah. Um, it, I liked one he had, which was called... I think uh, 5 a.m. No, 5 p.m., which was the candle that was lit. Oh, yeah. And it, the candle was blown out. And it was, uh, you could see the candle still depicted ember and smoke was going up. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a lot of wax around the candle. And so it was interesting because I noticed that a lot of Wong's paintings were, you didn't see people, but there were traces of. Yeah, there was one. Did you see the one that. It was a bed, and then it had his just his glasses on the bedside table, and so like the no, only, I don't think I saw that one. Yeah, everything was um, very muted tones, very blue tones, mm-hmm. and then just his black wire rimmed glasses were sitting on the bedside table, and it it was interesting because it was like the one trace of humanness in that whole painting. Was, yeah, was his glasses on the bedside table? He was really interesting. You could tell, though, that he, and he, unfortunately, very sadly, he passed away at the age of 35 by suicide. And mm-hmm. um, you could tell in his paintings that he was a, a lonesome soul. Yeah, unfortunate. You, mm-hmm. All his paintings were solitary and just, you could feel the desperation. And, yeah. And you see something like that and you think to yourself, man, like, how did nobody know? Or maybe people know. did know and it's, I don't know, but it's... It's too bad. He was very talented. But uh, anyways, we started in Matthew Wong's section and then right connected to the, the, I guess, back end of Matthew Wong's section was the Picasso section. Mm -hmm. So we just figured, oh, we'll just go straight in that way. And and next thing you know, we're (laughs) in it. And uh, I think I said to you right away, I think we're going backwards. I think, yeah, you said that after we went through the second era, because you're like... No, I think I said that, like, right at the end of the first, because I realized, I realized that the, the numbers were counting down, like, it's, we started in, like, 1904 or something like that, and then by the end of the first room, we were at, like, 03 and 02, and I was like, hmm, (laughs) and everybody was going the other way. I noticed, like, I was, I I just, I, I noticed we were walking against the grain of the crowd, and I was like, I think we're going backwards, but whatever yeah it was still a really cool experience i don't know that it would have changed much um but yeah he had some really cool pieces of art i think my favorite thing was not necessarily his work because uh his style is not exactly what i what i what i would gravitate towards like honestly Mm. phenomenal artist um undeniably but 
just not my favorite style. But I think what was just so cool was being in a room that was filled with so much history that spanned so many years and so much culture. Like the fact that you're standing in a room full of Picassos is insane. Yeah, I agree. So that was my favorite feeling in you, that exhibit. You get an air of importance when you're there. Mm-hmm. It's just what you're looking at is important. It grabs you. Whether or not it's your favorite or not, it's uh, it, it definitely, you you. I don't know about yourself, but I get the feeling I'm looking at something that matters. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe great. not so much to myself because it also wasn't my favorite. But mm-hmm. um, then later on, we decided to do look at uh, another floor, which was just the general uh, AGO gallery. And that was really good on floor two. And mm-hmm. we saw the group of seven. Yeah, We saw Emily Carr, which was amazing to see Emily Carr. Yeah, she's one of your faves. Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, just a lot of really good. Who was the guy that you really liked at the end? The one from uh, the Quebec guy? Oh, uh, Group of Seven, Lauren Harris. Lauren Harris? Yeah. Was he the one who did the one that was like just completely dark and then the one area was lit up by the moon and the one area was lit up by oh, the fire? Oh, no. That was... Um... Do you remember his name? He was mm. from Montreal, I remember. Yeah, I can't recall exactly. Yeah, but he Lauren was Harris was the we're in the room and it was the large pastel paintings yeah. with uh, lots of depictions of mountains, snow capped mountains and light and yeah, that was really good. There was another one that was really good, um, and it was I think it was Cornelius, sort of something like that. Cornelius, and I think his last name started with an F, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Um, but there was another painting that I I can't recall who it was by now. Um, but it was really neat. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. It was a painting within a painting. And uh, one, the actual painting was a scene of children playing on a snow hill, probably playing playing King of the Hill, um, wrestling, tumbling, throwing snowballs, that mm. kind of thing. That was the painting that was in another painting of a man lying in a bed. Right. And so that was the frame of it. And that was David... Do you recall? I can't remember. It was something like that. Yeah, I remember, I know exactly which one you're 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 talking about, and it was phenomenal. It, it was, was cool great. See. So you kind of got the sense that this person was laying in bed, um, thinking back on his younger days of playing on the snow hill, and so we saw a lot of mm-hmm. um, classic winter Canadian like Canadian winter paintings, which I really loved. Those yeah, are, that's probably the my forest, favorite theme. The forest one, yeah, I agree. They were truly Canadian as well. Yeah. They picked. They depicted Canada coast to coast very well, yeah. especially um, the colonization of Canada because there's a lot of First Nations influence. Emily Carr, especially, I remember was uh, when I was reading about her in university, she was heavily influenced by First Nations. That's why she uses such um, rich pastel colors and uh, a lot of time up north she spent yeah. so capturing um, just the beautiful trees and the rocks and large bodies of water. Um, and you can just tell that it's inspired by First Nations because there's a lot of... Um, she'll do Anookshooks. She'll yeah. do um, uh, totem poles, like a lot of stuff like that. And it's really good. The, guy, the, the guy's name was Cornelius Krieghoff. Ah, okay. Yeah. So what I also liked about his paintings was he painted a lot of... Um, the integration of the First Nations with the, yeah. you know, like the French settlers and stuff like that. Yep. And so there, a lot of them were very uh, conflicted pieces, uh, like they were sure. arguing or um, 
But there was also a lot of celebration. Yeah, like, yeah. Like the, the the bonfire ones we saw, it's, yeah. it's celebration, hand in hand, dancing, laughing. Yeah, it was a good mixture, but... Drinks, a lot of alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, in those yeah, ones. He probably I noticed. Liked, yeah. he liked his drinks. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he did. Yeah. Um, my, I think my favorite one of his was after... It was a scene where they had just uh, killed a moose, and oh, the right. one guy was, you know, waving his arm, probably yelling at his dad that... Dad, I got a moose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it was called "Return from the Hunt" or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good one. But yeah, very, very good exhibits um, all around. Super great pieces that we saw. Yep, the group of seven is. We we're talking about this earlier. I'm just really happy that Canada has a prominent group on the world stage, yeah. uh, such as the group of seven and Tom Thompson, who's really not a part of the group of seven, but is often associated with. So. And Emily Carr too. I think she's phenomenal on her own. But yeah. it's 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 nice when you see that. And I'm glad that the AGO doesn't just import a lot of art to put on display. That they balance it well with mm-hmm. Canadian art because yeah. we saw a lot of art from um, Germany, Ethiopia, yeah. Paris, all over the world. A lot and of Parisian art. A lot of Parisian art and uh, Italian art as well, and from Spain. Yeah. And then it was well balanced with Canadian art. So Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. If anybody is looking to go to the AGO, I highly recommend um, if you want to get your art fixed. Yeah, it was a a good little trip. Um, And it's just a reminder of the importance of of beauty and the importance of making that a priority once in a while. Yeah, it should be. We had good conversations about that today and how, you know, there's a lot of hate going on towards beauty standards right now and the beauty industry in general and everyone's on this minimalism kick where everything is supposed to be as minimalistic as possible and I think we're losing a lot of beautiful things because of that like it is unfortunate what happened to stained glass windows and intricate designs on buildings and architecture and yeah well things are produced on mass now so if you make something beautiful sure that's great but you make a thousand of it and it kind of dilutes the beauty that's true and it's and nobody really crafts things anymore i mean people craft but what they'll do is they'll import a bunch of things and just import a jar and import like a bunch of jars import a like a bunch of this, that, or the other thing, assemble something and sell it as their own, which is yeah. great. I'm glad that we can do that. But And it does create a lot of good beauty as well in its own way. But it just, it really takes away from the people who, back when things were built out of necessity, you spent a long time building something because mm-hmm. it needed to last. Yeah. And you made it beautiful because you had to look at the damn thing all day. <laughs> For your day. whole life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, it, same with fashion too. Like people used to buy one coat and they would buy like in, you know, and Europeans would buy one Chanel coat at the beginning of their they early still 20s. Do that. Yeah, they, they still do that, but yeah. not everyone does that anymore. Right. And, uh, and they would, when it ripped, you would take it to the tailor and you would get, get it fixed. sewn yep. or you would buy one pair of Christian Louboutin heels. You would spend a fortune on them, but you would have them your whole life and you'd take it into the cobbler and get them resold every, you know, five, 10 years and... You had to have something beautiful because if it wasn't beautiful, you were going to have ugly shoes for your whole life. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's uh, it's really important to have beauty. And I'm, you know this, I'm a huge, huge fan of function over form. If I have to choose between something being pretty but not as useful and something being 
super useful but ugly i'll choose the useful thing that's ugly all the time but uh i'm also a big believer that uh beauty in its own right can be function especially art mm-hmm. and so just because and hey man if you can have something that's super useful be beauty as well beautiful as well then that's ideal that's yeah. that's perfection but uh yeah i'm i couldn't get over thinking that today when we were at the art museum is that i like to think that my house is pretty nice and and artistically designed so that it's pleasant to the eye but i don't get out enough to art museums and it's super important because it makes you feel uncomfortable a lot of it Mm -hmm. well i mean that one painting we were looking at that was a a cluttered mess yeah i couldn't look at it for too long it made me really uncomfortable yeah to people who are just listening it was an it was a, a piece that was just garbage and uh, clutter, like shoes laying all over the place. Food. Yeah, uh, empty dishes with scrap and, on, and stains on them, lying on the ground. People passed out. People drinking, like no. And then at the top of it was animals, and it blended nature into that mess. And I think the whole point of the uh, image was. Uh, the gluttony of of humans and how you can give in to desire and and uh, greed and mm-hmm. and kind of lose the natural balance that's important. But anyways, it it was it was good to see things that make you feel uncomfortable as well. Yeah, I was surprised at my reaction to that painting actually because I I really do appreciate fine art, but I'm not very uh, well versed in knowing how to, I guess, appreciate it or, like, really look at it objectively and and that kind of thing. But that one really got me. Like, I was really surprised. It made me feel a certain way. Yeah. I couldn't look at it too long. I had to walk away. Yep. We did walk away from that one pretty quick. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then there's other things that are make you feel super uncomfortable, but you just want to stare at them. Like, Mm -hmm. when we were... In a, a one portion of the museum, there was a, an ivory um, uh, ivory sculpture of death, and it was what was it called? Death takes a child, or something like that. Death takes a sleeping child, or yes, yeah, something, like, something that. like that. Anyways, there was a depiction of of basically a skeleton carrying away a a child, which super disturbing mm-hmm. um it was like a sack of potatoes over the back yeah kind of basically and then you know the one the other child is is grabbing on to death uh i guess it was very odd how the child was grabbing on to death it was yeah like almost like embracing death mm-hmm. and then the mother was in tears and shambles yeah and the one hand so death was holding the one child over the shoulder with the one hand and then death was choking the mama with the right. other hand. Yes. And that was also very disturbing. It was very disturbing. But yeah. it it was but it, I I had trouble looking away cuz it yeah. was just very powerful and it was it very well um not articulated but visualized the relationship between life and death and the fine line you walk and also the how life is unfair. I think was yeah. the big thing I got out of that was there were two children. Mm-hmm. Death got one of them. Mm-hmm. And it was just very interesting to watch. And I think the, from the mama, what the the main feeling I got was helplessness. Like she couldn't do anything. You know, she couldn't do anything to save her child from death. And uh, 
the sculpture portrayed that very well. Yeah, yeah. And then they had that clock that had um, 12... Uh, it, well, it was a typical clock, so yeah. 1 through 12, but each section of the clock was... It was called the 12 stages of life, or the 12 sections of life, something like that. Oh, I thought it was 12 sections of the soul. Perhaps that was it. Perhaps that I was it. I can't recall exactly. The, the gist, though, is that it was a clock, and it was also very beautiful, but mm-hmm. it played heavily with death, and it was just each section had a different life or, or an aspect to life, such as one was nature, one was... Um, wine. Wine, yeah. One was... It, it looked to be a sword and a hammer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just very interesting to look at as well. So Yeah, there's definitely something to art that makes you think. And Yeah, and I guess that brings us to the conversation we had on the way there, which was just talking about how a lot of people... Today you'll find a lot of people say, oh, beauty's not the most important thing, or mm-hmm. beauty's not beauty's really important. Scam. Beauty's a scam, or yeah, the beauty uh industries like a sham or or whatever and just wow i can't believe how naive that sounds to me yeah i can't get behind this whole movement of we should try to not make our lives beautiful and ourselves beautiful i just can't get behind it sure i Um, can't either it's really difficult especially because i think that it's natural for people to want to shape things and and it and it depends on on how you want to talk about beauty too because if the world if the natural states of the world are ordering chaos i would believe that beauty would be structured chaos like ordered Mm -hmm. chaos it's the perfect line of pushing the boundaries of your preconceived notions and Making you think about the world differently and mm-hmm. think critically, but then also structuring it in a way that makes sense. Because that's when I look at abstract art. I very rarely get on board with abstract art. It just never really appeals to me. It's just mm-hmm. too much. Yeah, it's too out there. And I'm not not saying it's not important. I'm not saying it's not you know beautiful in its own way. I just find that I really enjoy the art that makes me think. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. And maybe that's, um, so abstract art is probably on the spectrum more chaotic and, yeah. and so maybe your eye just I'm, doesn't gravitate towards the chaos yeah. you, you like the, the more structure. I art. score, I'm a pretty orderly person. Mm. I'm conscientious and, and orderly and it, and it, and it bugs me. I love art. I mm. honestly do. When I look at art, I, I, I really like it, but I like clean lines. Mm-hmm. I like structure. Yeah. But I also like a bit of chaos. Throw yeah. a little chaos in there, sure. For but sure. clean it up somehow. And I'm <laughs> in all the way. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I'm a firm believer that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And, and what I mean by that is, well, obviously the saying, but also beyond that, um, you need to find what it is that you find beautiful and then make your life that beautiful. Sure. So it, that's why I think to some degree, beauty standards are a sham because uh, there are ideals that are in this world um, that maybe are unreachable to the general population. Um, but I think there's still a lot of value in figuring out what it is that you yourself like and for yourself. Like, So if we're talking about beauty standards um, when it comes to like uh, female appearance, for example, yes, there are... Um, 
you know, I, standards that you know, you might not ever be able to reach. Like maybe it's green eyes and you have brown eyes or something like that. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, I think we can all agree certain qualities and certain traits are attractive for a person. Yeah. And so like globally, we recognize what is beautiful, what is aesthetically pleasing and what isn't. Um, and so I think it's good for a person to figure out what is that kind of mix with their own mix of what they find beautiful and then strive to be that. Like, why would you not yeah. want to make yourself beautiful? And that's the thing, too, is when you're talking about the beauty industry being a sham, okay, well, what's what's the point of beauty? Well, for a, a male and a female, I would assume that it's, it's to be attractive and to find a suitable mate. And the more beautiful you are, maybe the more mates there are available. But the whole point is that you, you, you want to be desirable. Mm-hmm. And oh, shit, man, if I'm a bad person for saying that, then so be it but it's i I find a lot of value in making things beautiful a hey man it's important what's on the inside Mm -hmm. sure but it's very important what's on the outside as well Mm -hmm. and i'm sick and tired of hearing people say that it's not Mm -hmm. that's not to say that people that aren't physically attractive are worthless that's not what i'm saying at all Mm -hmm. it's just but everybody can make themselves more attractive too Mm -hmm. like if you have one person who's sure maybe they're um just genetically not given those traits that are ideal per se in the beauty industry um and that person's in shape or out of shape Mm -hmm. and you had to choose between one or the other i think most people would choose the in shape because it's more attractive to be in shape than to be out of shape Mm -hmm. so there's always things people can do to improve themselves in in beauty and and i guess if you look at your your body as chaos then you need to order it as well as you can and keep yourself kept yeah, that's, I was just going to say that. I think, honestly, just good hygiene, good, like, good grooming habits, that will go, that will do you wonders. Oh, like, man. Just cut, yeah. make sure your hair is cut. Make sure if you're a dude, keep your, you know, beard clean and nice or shave it, whatever you want. I don't know. Make sure you shower once a day. Like, the, the, the very minimum. And most people are, like, at a decent level of attractiveness, that's, I would say. That's the thing, too, is, is it's... You know, it, but to to say it's not important, I think is is not the right message. I to to say that it is not the most important thing, I understand that mm. for sure because you can be an absolute dick and be handsome, yeah. or you can be you know the worst person in the world <laughs> and be you know absolutely stunning. It's it's the way it is, but um, it's important to find that balance and but. It, if you were one of, if the ultimate goal of humanity, if our ultimate goal is to make ensure the survival of our species, mm-hmm. then something that's really important is reproduction. And yeah, the and one thing that fuels that is desire. And yeah. you don't desire things. You just straight up don't desire things that aren't attractive. Yeah, and in life in general. Yeah. Um, but I think also um, you should strive if you like strive to make your physical appearance attractive. But in the same respect, make sure your personality oh, is attractive yeah. as well. Absolutely. That, and so if you're gifted in one and not the other, the other will balance each other out, I think. Like if yeah. I think if you, you know, maybe you don't have the best personality ever and you're kind of dry and not that funny, but you're really, really attractive, that will balance itself out a little bit. I agree. And if you are maybe not that physically attractive, but you have 10 out of 10 personality, that will also balance it out. So you need to play to your strengths and to your weaknesses and just learn to... Um, 
I guess, figure yeah. out what's... And then what it is that you find beautiful about yourself. Like, I think that's important to ask yourself. Like, what traits do I want to be? Like, what... Yep. What did it, what did, who do I want to become as a beautiful person and inside you, and out? And, you know, I think you can use the judgment of the masses as a pretty good indicator of what's important and what's not. And and what I mean by that is what you were just saying about hygiene. Like, mm. Just make sure you're kept. That's what people feel like. Mm. If you are to ask a, a, a survey of a thousand people that you ran into on the street, what you know, is one of the most important things that's important. If they were to list like three things that are important for Mm -hmm. attractiveness, I think most people would probably say being Mm well-kept. Yeah. Seriously, being well-kept. And then they'd probably tell you'd get a lot of stuff like height or like build or whatever. But Mm -hmm. um, it is important to be well-kept and that's something you can definitely manage. Yeah. That's a really good term for, I think, not only your appearance, but your life as well. Like just to, just to keep, Keep your life well kept. Like keep your things in order, your house in order, your finances kind of at least a little bit in order, and just yep. like just a well kept life. That's a really good term. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's really good. That's thanks. The... <laughs> <laughs> That's a uh, it it's it summarizes the whole really well. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also um, important to to talk about judgment. Like let people judge you, man. That's super important. And that's one other thing as well is what I feel like that whole, oh, you know, beauty is not important. When people say that, really what they mean is like, oh, you should be cared for regardless of who you are and um, you're okay the way you are. And you and I, I think, both have a problem with that statement because, well, you're not remotely okay the way you are and you could be way better. Mm -hmm. And that's the best message to tell anybody is you can be better. And then when you let people judge you, well, they'll judge you. That's good. And then you can figure out what things that people don't like. And maybe you're out of shape. And, and I'm not saying that I want people to go up to out of shape people and say, you're out of shape. Get in shape, dummy. No. But it's just important to have these conversations on a global scale so that people can decide, okay, what do I want? Do I want a suitable partner? Okay, well, then maybe I should make sure it's important that I'm somewhat well kept. Yeah. And then when people say, oh, well, you shouldn't judge people. Okay, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Judgment is something that everybody does. Every single day. Oh, almost every single thing you do. Yeah. You, In fact, you cannot do something without judging. Mm-hmm. Judging is a value scale. Yeah. And so, okay, well, oh, you shouldn't judge. Okay, well, let me see your Spotify. Straight up, let me see your Spotify. Because if you have even one song liked, you're judging. Yeah. Yeah. If if you if you have a Spotify account that just randomly plays through every song ever made, then you can talk to me about judgment. But if you're if you're saying mm, I like this song, I don't like that song. That's why I'm not adding it to my playlist. Yeah. Then you're straight up judging, and it's a good thing we do that. Yeah. You need to do that because you can't. You can't consume and do everything, and that's why you need to choose what's best and judge what's best. Yes, exactly. And, and, and judge what's not. Yeah, and there's a lot of, especially in our globalized world where there's so much technology and everybody has the time to produce things now, there's a lot of production going on. There's way more amazing music being produced. Way more. It's, it's almost incredible how much great music's being produced. But there's also way more crap being produced. Yep. 
And I'm, I'm not saying that people should stop trying, but I, hey, man, I like being able to choose yeah. to filter out the crap because I like listening to the good stuff. Yeah, I think that's just, to some degree, too, judgment is having standards and yeah. and holding them. Like, What's wrong with having standards? Yeah, you should have standards. You should hold yourself in high regard that you deserve a partner that is attractive like you. And who is aesthetically pleasing. You're going to be looking at this person for the rest of your life, hopefully. Knock on wood, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But why would you... Do you want to wake up next to someone you're not attracted to for the rest of your life? No. No. Never. You don't. You will resent this person. You will resent that person. Not a good setup. Especially if you're putting in the work and they're not. Yeah, especially if you're hotter than them. <laughs> oh, man. I've never understood that. And yeah. it's it's really a roll of the dice when, you, when you're choosing to get married. It's such a gamble. And I really don't think that the answer is not getting married. I really don't. I no. just think that the answer is making sure you're on the same page when you get married. Look, buddy, I'm stuck with you and you're stuck with me for better or worse, you know, and I'm, you know, naive and not perfect and I've got a lot of work that needs to be done, but so do you. Mm-hmm. And let's both agree to put in the work. And that when we're not putting in the work, we can call each other out and mm-hmm. so that we can consistently get better. And yeah. man, if, if you approach marriage from that standpoint, you're golden pony boy. Pony boy. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's a really good way of summarizing it. Pushing each other to become better. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's also important that you recognize potential when you see it acknowledging the fact that the way that somebody is is not the way that they'll always be in good and bad ways yeah people change um Mm -hmm. but also not uh hoping and praying for a makeover transformation so like what you see from the person at the present moment like i'm just talking like if you were to meet someone you know and get to know them date them for a few dates or that kind of thing and they're they have a lifestyle that's totally not compatible with yours then I think it wouldn't be wise to approach that from a situation of they are going to radically change for me or for this relationship yeah um I think it's good to be like they're the possibility of them improving a little bit here and there is very likely especially if we know we were to get together and, and they really liked me and I really liked them and we started building something together and that's something we push each other to do um, so like be realistic with your expectations because potential is good. Uh, people change for the better and they should change for the better. Um, but not to have like a pipe dream of someone magically transforming into a whole new person. Yeah, exactly. It's all within reason. Yeah. It's all within reason. And that in, 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 yeah, I, I'm also on board with, I don't think that I'm not a huge fan of going out and getting plastic surgery 50 times so that you fit some idea of who you should be but i'm a big believer that's why i love looking at sculptures is because somebody created that and i love Mm -hmm. to think of people as their own their own marble slab of marble you're a slab of marble and you get to chip away at yourself any which way you like and you get to create what you want but you got to put in the work Mm -hmm. and it's hard work work, but but it's so rewarding and exciting when you like you know you're carving away and you get you get the elbow just right or something, you know, and, and to look back and recognize the hard work that you put in and, and thank yourself for the hard work you've put in and then 
keep going, but it's that's very motivating to know that that hard work does pay off. Yeah, and that when you pay attention to detail, nice things can happen. Mm-hmm. And it becomes really beautiful. Yep. Sometimes I'm in awe of the life that I've created for myself. Um, yeah. I have a phenomenal life. I love my life, and most of it has been because I've created it. I don't want to not thank all the people that have helped me along the way, and I want to acknowledge that, but... For the most part, I've worked really hard and I'm, I'm really proud of the life. And that's very motivating to anyone that within certain limitations, you can pretty much create any life that you want for yourself. Yeah, I agree. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Art is important. Art's Beauty important. important. Beauty's important. Well, everybody, today, I think we're going to call that a short one. But uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, If you have any questions or if you want to get on the podcast, just reach out and chat with us. We'd love to have you on. And um, thanks very much. Have a good day. Have a good night. Bye.